want to see what life is like inside the bottle. Jen's Playground has its own website and Facebook fan page. Go to www.jensplayground.com for more details. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Broadcasting from Renton, Washington, you're listening to the smooth, cool sounds of Roach and Gigglepuss. Right here on WOTC, The Chronic. Alright guys, what is this? What are you guys doing? Oh, hey Jen. What's up, Jen? We thought we'd change things up a bit. Instead of heavy metal, we thought we'd try some smooth jazz. Smooth. <laughs> That's what you guys thought, huh? Don't knock it until you try it, dude. Right? I mean, come on. Can't you feel that groove? Uh, alright, alright. I'll give it to you. I can feel a little something something. See what I mean? Smooth operator. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. I can see it now. Jin's playground, now with a hundred percent more soul. Chocolate covered love. Chocolate covered love? What? What does that even mean, dude? It's like hot butter all over my body. Dude! Oh, that's nasty. Just saying, man. So anyway, what do you say, Jen? Bringing that solid gold jazz like only the Jen can. Yeah, Jen. What do you say? Um. Nah. I mean, it's not a horrible idea. Alright, who am I kidding? That's just a god-awful idea. It's just terrible. Maybe in another time, maybe in another life, but not this one. What's up, you sick, filthy, perverted degenerates? Wait for it. Oi! <laughs> Episode 26. That was my Viking battle cry, by the way. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Because I'm probably not doing it again. Alright, now I got a confession to make. I gotta come clean and just let y'all know something right now. It may come as a bit of a shock, so I want to make sure you guys are ready to handle the news. Red Bull is no longer my primary podcasting beverage of choice. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's a bit of a stunner, but think about how I'm feeling for a moment. I mean, it's kind of awkward for me to just admit this to everyone, but I figure the sooner you guys knew about it, the better. My new beverage of choice is Zion's Zenergy Drinks, and that's spelled with an X. Zero calories, multiple flavors that delight my taste buds, and twice the amount of an 8-ounce sugar-free Red Bull. I mean, it's not you, Red Bull. It's me. I mean, I wouldn't dream of drinking these glorious beverages if they didn't make me feel like a medieval barbarian emperor that shoots lasers from his penis. But it does make me feel that way, so... Ice-cold Zions is going to be popped... and popped hard. But you'll always have a special place in my heart, Red Bull. I'll never let go. You are listening to the one... 
the only Genius Playground. I have way too much fun doing this shit. That's right, you're listening to the only podcast medically proven to accelerate puberty. You're welcome, kids. Now, it's been a while since the last time I spit my flow. Big salutation goes out to all of you listening to this podcast for the very first time. I invite you to kick back, crack open a nice cold one, and listen as the Almighty Jin proceeds to do the damn thing. And for those loyal disciples of the Jin who never miss a show, please line up in an orderly fashion to receive your medication. The doctor is in. Interesting factoid. The last episode of Jin's Playground, episode 25, got over 5,000 listens. I mean, that's just... That's just straight-up insanity. I mean, that's like Monday Night Magic numbers. I mean, I, I know for a fact that there's like three or four of you that listen to this show, but 5,000? I think I got an explanation. I think I got listened to by a few people, and then I've got a stalker out there somewhere that has me out on an infinite loop. Creepy, right? Or, or maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe nobody listens to this show except for that stalker, and he's got me on infinite loop. Or... Maybe I'm just getting that many listens from a massive quantity of exceptionally cool mofos. I mean, I gotta hope it's the latter, right? Now, you may not be aware of this, but those of you out there who listen to and support this show, you guys are the ones that keep the party going. I mean, if it wasn't for you guys, I probably would have packed away my microphone a long time ago and moved into, like, macrame or, or curling. Or maybe I'd take up a hobby, you know, like, uh, like Magic the Gathering. I hear that's a fun game. Or maybe I would infiltrate the secret society made up entirely of professional porn surfers. I'm positive that society exists. And even if it doesn't, we should totally start one up, damn it. Regardless, I wouldn't be doing any of this tomfoolery if it wasn't for you guys. Cheers, y'all. And one last little bit before we officially whip this show on the ass. Feedback is really the only lifeline any of us podcasters have with our listeners. So, I mean, if you love the show, if you hate the show, or if you're conflicted about whether or not you dig or hate the show, I mean, either way, just be sure to drop some words into the comment section underneath the podcast show notes. And you know what? I say this not just for my own show, but for other people's show as well, because, I mean, sometimes it's just good for, for us to know that you're out there and alive and that you're listening. So, don't be shy. Go you now and make your mark. Let me know where you're at. It don't matter if you're from Billings, Montana or New Zealand. You're all sickos in my book. Now, we have a shitload to go over. I mean, we've got bannings. we got M12. I mean, we got random things that just piss me off. I mean, there's a lot to cover. So, it's time to get down on it and make people understand. You ready to do this, amigo? I thought so. Congregation, please be seated. It's time I say a few words about our recently departed friends, Jace the Mind Sculptor and Stoneforge Mystic, two amazing friends who are no longer with us. Both Jace and Mystic had lived amazing lives, even though those lives were cut short. They were great friends. They were the kind of friends that stood by you when you needed them the most. On more than one occasion, they saved my life. 
true story. Stoneforge Mystic had saved me from countless encounters with many a goblin guide or vampire lacerator. And Jace, he would always listen to me whenever I asked him to brainstorm over and over and over again. He'd bounce Mirren Crusaders, buying me several turns, all the while sealing the fate of my opponents. Both Jace and Mystic's death were sudden. I remember when I heard the news, I simply could not believe it. They were both too young, but they will leave behind an incredible legacy. Yes, they created one of the most skill-intensive formats ever. I mean, dialing up a batter skull and putting it into play required players to master the incredibly difficult skills of tapping mana and activating a creature. Mad fucking ninja skills there. Oops, can I say fuck during a eulogy? <laughs> Sorry, folks. And Jace! I will forever be grateful for those moments with Jace. In those times I tapped four mana and proceeded to easily win the game the following turns. Golly. All those memories we have shared with them will forever be cherished and remembered. They will both forever live in our hearts. In the infinite wisdom of the DCI, both Jace and Mystic are banned now. But this is not the time for us to grieve their demise. On the contrary, it's our time to celebrate the times they had. So let's all think back and remember how Jace and Mystic touched our lives. Because as long as we remember them, they will never truly be gone, will they? I remember the first time I activated Stoneforge Mystic and placed a batter skull into play. My poor opponent just sat there, shaking his head, saying under his breath, This game is fucking stupid. <laughs> what glorious times those were. Remember all those times that the game seemed so slanted in your favor that you felt like you were just cheating? I mean, wasn't that fun? <laughs> you know what else is fun? Watching the grand majority of players shrug their shoulders and, and making the decision to do something else with their weekends other than play Magic. Now that was awesome. I get chills when I think of all those times I tried to brew and 98% of all the creatures would fail the Jace test. I mean, these are the memories that we will hold dear to our hearts and will never, ever go away. Yeah, the standard format may have been dying because of the dominance of these two cards, but who cares, right? Us Cobblade players may have been having a blast at the expense of the game's overall health, but hey, what great times we had. Alright, who the fuck am I trying to kid? See that? That, my friend, is a beam of sunshine bursting through the storm clouds. Do you hear that? That, my friend, is the sound of angels singing their sweet songs of release and exaltation. Do you taste that? That long-forgotten taste of freedom and happiness? Do you smell that? That is the smell of magic players coming back to the game in droves. I mean... Can anyone really forget what that smells like? This is our time. The shackles have come off. I want you to go outside right now and let the sun shine upon you. Breathe in that fresh air. If there's a wheat field nearby, then clearly you need to go run through it. Chase that rainbow, son. Ain't nobody gonna stop you. I want you 
to take your copies of Stoneforge Mystic and Jace. Tear them up into little bits. Make a big pile out in the middle of the street, pour lighter fluid all over them, and set that bitch on fire. Stare at the flames in joyous wonder. Maybe, you know, maybe do a little interpretive tribal dance around it. You know, people are going to drive by and they're going to say, what the fuck is going on right here? But when they realize that you're burning Jace and Stoneforge, don't be surprised if they pull over and begin to dance with you. Neighbors will wheel in their grills and cook hamburgers and hot dogs for everybody. Another neighbor will roll out a keg. It'll turn into a celebration of life and fellowship. Do me a favor. Go over to your closet right this very moment. Take a look at all those magic cards that Jason Stoneforge has prevented you from playing. Open up those curtains. Let the sunlight in. I want you to dust off those test tubes. Clean out those beakers. Wipe off that chalkboard, fire up the burners, because the time, the time has finally come, my friends. It's time to get back into the lab. Innovation is alive and well, thank you very much. And it all starts with you. Now, you're going to hear a lot of nonsense from the ex-Cawblade players, like, Oh, great, now it's going to be nothing but Valakit, Valakit, Valakit. Well, that's a pretty good point. Oh, wait! That's complete and total bullshit! Honestly, if that's all they got, then you can pretty much chalk that up to sour grapes. Sure, Valakit will be a deck, but its dominance won't be anything close to what Cobblade's dominance was like. And listen, take my word for it. I played Valakit for a solid year. The deck is really good, but it's entirely beatable, and in a lot of cases, it just beats itself. I mean, if you play cards like Duress or Despise, you're already more than halfway towards winning against that deck. Now, I, I read an article recently by Jerry T, a.k.a. King Cobblade. You know, I actually think that Jerry T is a good guy. A bit of a curmudgeon, to be sure, and he can definitely come off as elitist. Uh, but for the most part, he's good people. But this article right here, holy shit, dude. It read as if his parents took away his G.I. Joes because he didn't finish his Brussels sprouts. He goes on to slam the majority of the Magic playing community, claiming that those who decided to stop showing up to Magic tournaments were just baby whiners, and that they just didn't want a skill-testing format. You know, all of us should have just sucked it up and enjoyed what he enjoys, which is clearly a never-ending stream of Cobblade Mirror matches. <laughs> I mean, am I the only one that finds this comical? I mean, if we should just learn how to play the Cobblade Mirror Match, then why bother printing as many cards as Wizards does? I mean, Jason Mystic put almost every other card into a coma. Even Jerry admits to this fact in his article, so I have to ask. What's the point of printing any of the other cards outside of the ones in Cobblade? Why not then just print a bunch of Cobblade decks and call it good? Or, here's a better idea. Print some cards that say Rook, Queen, King, Pawn, Knight, Bishop, because ultimately that's what he's after, even if it means the overall demise of our game. Now, time to put my casual player hat on. The reasons for low attendance had very little to do with whether or not the format tested one skill. It had everything to do with how much fun we were having. The players have indeed spoken. We are bored out of our friggin' skulls. And anything is more stimulating than competing in a completely miserable grind that is dressed up as a standard tournament. Playing in a format that is undeniably dominated by a singular deck and playing mirrors all day is just not fun. 
and that's why tournament attendance went down. I believe that the grand majority of Magic players love to test their skill, but I also know that they love to brew new decks and play different decks from week to week, which are components of the game that a lot of players happen to enjoy. Lest we forget that this is indeed a game, and no one should ever play a game where they are incapable of extracting pleasure from it. I mean, that goes for the pros as well. Now, time to put my shrewd competitor hat on. Now, do you guys out there honestly feel that eliminating variants would make Magic a game worth playing? What, are you shitting me? I can tell you this right now, as someone who used to play poker for a supplemental income, that if variants didn't exist and these bad players, aka the majority of the Magic players today, were unable to quote-unquote get lucky every once in a while, then the game would die a horrible, horrible death. It wouldn't be worth playing. At a poker table, I don't want nine other players that are just as good as me. I want me and nine other bad players who make mistakes all the time, that are drunk out of their minds, who don't give a shit what they do with their money, as long as they are having fun. Keyword there, fun. And if that means that I get sucked out on the river every once in a while, hey, that's alright. Why? Because the game remains healthy. People will continue to play it, they'll still have interest in it. And you know what? The good players won't all of a sudden stop being good. The cream always rises to the top, and those players will deal with the variance and focus on being a winning player regardless of what environment they find themselves in. Magic is not and should not strive to be chess, lest it get buried with all the other old games collecting dust out in the garage. Magic should strive to be something wonderful, a game with ever-changing landscapes that keeps its players guessing and talking. I mean, if all we ever did was talked about cobblade mirrors, I mean, seriously, can you blame people for losing interest? Standard right now is wide open. There are tons of possibilities. With M12 on the horizon, I mean, we're going to have a summer that is filled with fresh new decks to compete with. I mean, do you ever remember a summer where magic was ever like that? So here's the bottom line, guys. You can choose to be bitter about Watsi's decision. It's a free country. But what a sad waste of a bright opportunity. Life is way too short and too good to sit around and whine like a little bitch, right? You know it, and I know it. And as of July 1st, the good life is going to get that much sweeter. The future of Standard is in our hands now. Let's make that future a bright one. Alright, what other business items do we have on today's agenda? So recently I found myself on the rail of a tournament watching my friends play Magic, and it dawned on me that uh, I, I was actually kind of tired. The banana and Red Bull I had in the morning had long worn off, and I had nothing for lunch, and I, I, was, just, I was just spent. And it made me wonder uh, how I would have been able to compete even if I had made the top eight. Sure, wise asses can chime in and say that I'm old and it's to be expected. But the truth is, I'm really not that old. I'm just out of shape. You know, I think it's gone unnoticed by the grand majority of Magic players, but if you look carefully, some of these Magic pros have talked about their own fitness level and how it applies to their own success in the game. Patrick Chapin has talked about running in his articles. Um, Kibler has talked about how he finds... You know, he has more confidence and plays better after he's incorporated workouts into his daily routine. And they haven't come out and said it, but they allude that there is a direct correlation between one's own personal health and the success they enjoy in magic. 
The idea is if you feel strong and healthy, then you feel positive. And that positivity breeds confidence, and that confidence will give you a, a major advantage in competition. Now, it's really tough for me to buy into any kind of bullshit mysticism, unless, unless I've experienced it for myself. But there is indeed such a thing as positive and negative energy, and positive and negative ways in which we think. And listen, you don't have to buy into this if you don't want to. You know, if I hadn't experienced this sort of thing firsthand, I probably wouldn't buy into it if I were you. But I've seen it, and I've experienced it, so I know that it's the real deal. I found it heavily on display when I was at the poker tables. I mean, when you have some mope sitting next to you telling you all about how the dealer sucks, and he just loves to tell you all about his bad beats that he mistakenly thinks that you want to hear about... And let's just say that this guy is probably never going to win another pot while he's at that table. And it's due to that overwhelming sense of negativity. I mean, when you don't think that you can win, you will very likely find a way to lose. I mean, there have been times when, when the flop would come, and I can't put my finger on it, but regardless of how ahead or behind I was in the hand, I would intuitively feel whether or not I was going to win or lose the hand. It's not something that's tangible. It's just, it's just this presence of, of positive or negative thoughts. So how does this relate to magic? Well, it's pretty simple. If you're not feeling your best, either physically or mentally, then it's pretty unrealistic to expect anything positive out of you. I mean, can you win while you feel like shit? It's possible, but why take the chance and handicap yourself? I mean, now look, I'm not going to preach to you guys, but you have to admit... It's definitely a sad state of affairs. I mean, I don't want to sound completely insensitive, but let's just be real here. We have got some serious wide asses in our magic playing community. I mean, the copious amounts of shit that magic players pour into our bodies is just astonishing. After watching gamers for close to 20 years, I've made some very interesting observations. I mean, when, when the gamer is young, uh, they eat whatever they want. You know, Denny's after a club... You know, late night Taco Bell, IHOP in the mornings, I mean, you know, maybe you hit the mall's food court for lunch. Sky's the limit. Eventually, though, they get a little older and they hit a crossroads. I mean, they have to make a decision to either turn it around, start exercising, lose some weight, and eat healthier, or they let themselves completely go and continue to shovel garbage into their mouths while sitting for 14 hours a day and laying down for the other 10. I mean, which of these roads do you think has the happier ending? So my question is this. What are you going to do about it? Well, you know what? Let me rephrase that. What are we going to do about it? Because I wouldn't ask any of you to do something I wouldn't. A lot of really good players will tell you that the first step towards getting better in any format is to know your enemy. Well, that's damn straight. More often than not, we are our worst enemies. So let's draft up a peace treaty with ourselves, right here and now. I challenge each and every one of you to do just one little thing a day that is good for you. you know, whether it's choosing an apple over a double cheeseburger at lunch, or something as simple as taking a walk. Do one small thing a day. That's it. You know, don't go off the deep end and go out and get a gym membership and start some stupid celery diet. Just make one little change. That change has the potential of creating several little changes down the road. It's a slow and deliberate thing that will eventually transform itself into a full-blown healthy lifestyle. Now, you know, you might ask yourself, dude, why the hell do you care? 
because it's important to have a healthy gaming community, both figuratively and literally. That and I'm a selfish son of a bitch. I want to be playing Magic with you guys when we are deep into our 80s. Windmill slamming Jace 9.0 and using Geritol pills for loyalty counters, know what I'm saying? But more than that, we, we should be able to play 8 rounds of Magic and feel like we could play 8 more. So I asked you to make a small change. It wouldn't be fair not to ask something of myself, right? I feel like I live pretty good, but I'm not going to lie, I could stand to shave some weight. I recently purchased a, a kettlebell set, 5 pound, 10 pound, 15 pound kettlebells. 40 bucks at Walmart, man. All you need are those and a television. Now, I used to think that those kettlebells were kind of girly and wouldn't do anything, and then I tried it. Afterwards, I, I couldn't help thinking that this was what it felt like for a heroin addict to go through withdrawal. Kettlebells are the real deal. They have shown me what kind of a pussy I'd become. So the change I'm going to make? Three days a week, I'm going to do a 20-minute routine with the wife. It's going to be a challenge, but you know what? I welcome it. And six months down the road, who knows? Maybe we'll be in the shape we want to be. And once that happens, we'll roll into the tournament ready for battle. We'll whoop everyone's ass, no quarter will be given, there will be no apologies, and we'll walk away with a little bit more respect and a pretty blue envelope in your back pocket. Let's do this, guys. Alright, you guys want more? I recently did a contest on the official Jin's Playground Facebook fan page. Pick a song, any song, and if I use it in a segment, I'm going to give away a brand spanking new Sword of War and Peace. And we have a winner. It's going to drive us right into my M12 spoiler review, but I should probably give you a three-second countdown warning. All right, you ready? Three, two, one. Hey, I said it was a warning, didn't I? Congrats goes out to Matt Reynolds, who will be battling sometime very, very soon with a sword of war and peace from yours truly. Now it's time to throw down some M12 spoilers. You know, I'm not going to read what every card does. I know you guys have access to the internet, so feel free to follow along. I'm using the spoiler information from mtgsalvation.com, so a big thanks goes out to them. MTG Salvation! The only magic website that will save you from not knowing about spoilers and new cards. Alright, advertising slogans aren't my strong suit. Give me a break. I'm just going to go down the line, color by color, and point out some of the cards that look interesting. The full spoiler isn't out yet, but we have a lot of interesting info that uh, looks awfully damn spicy. Let's check some of it out. Jumping right into white, we have Angelic Destiny, the aura that turns random critters into glorious flying first-striking angels. You know, reading through some of the forums, I mean, this card is getting a lot of flack, but you know what, I'll come to its defense. I mean, their main argument is that it's an aura, and you can kill the creature in response to them playing the aura. Sure, I mean, if you know that it's coming. And even if you do know that it's coming, I mean, you still gotta have the answer. I mean, the fact that this card comes back to your hand after the creature dies is relevant, too. I mean, because if they have, like, a, a Day of Judgment or something, you know, all you need is a creature, and you're back in business. Now, do I think it should be a mythic? Hell no. 
granted, you know, I hate the whole concept of Mythics to begin with, but, I mean, this is a card that, in my opinion, doesn't fit the mold of what a Mythic should be. I mean, it should be a rare, but, I mean, what can you do? Wizards of the Coast is high. Now, the rest of the white looks pretty decent. I mean, you've got Gideon and Sun Titan. I mean, they're coming back, but no one's going to play with those crappy cards. Now, I do love the fact that they brought back Oblivion Ring. I mean, that's... I think that's pretty huge. Oblivion Ring is the, the perfect catch-all spell at the common slot that works insane with cards like Sun Titan and Vencer. I mean, I guarantee Oblivion Ring will be welcomed back with open arms. Hey, there's another white double entendre card. You know, imagine a bunch of magic players walking by a bunch of old ladies with their grandkids, casually talking about O-rings. Tasty. Moving on to blue, we have the official Jin's Playground M12 preview card, folks. You heard it here first, but some of you probably already guessed what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, you can stop worrying about whether or not it was going to be coming back at instant speed for one colorless and two blue. Counter target spell. You know it, you love it. Cancel. Wow, I, I, I can actually feel the collective sigh of relief from every Magic player around the world. In fact, I think we've even had cancel as a preview card before. I think they just understand how much I love this card. I mean, what a game changer. What a game changer. Sure, there were zero copies of it in every top eight. I mean, well, actually, now that I look at the stats a little bit more closely, they're just zero copies, period. But because they brought back Cancel, every player will be forced to think twice about running out their business spells when their opponents have two blue and a colorless open. Right? Cancel just keeps everyone honest. Kudos to Wizards for bringing that sparkling gem back into the mix. Alright, now let's see what else we have. We have Jace Memory Adept. <sighs> I think that Jace is losing a step in his old age. I wouldn't sleep on him, though. I mean, I, I doubt that he'll ever be a four of in anything, but I mean, it couldn't hurt picking up a couple, right? And he's definitely a windmill slam and limited. And then there's the six casting cost enchantment, Mind Unbound, which should uh, should probably just be called Nevermind. And Sphinx of Athun. For seven mana, you get a flying five six that gives you a factor fiction when he enters the battlefield. Cute, but uh, I, you know what? I think if you're going to spend seven men on anything, it's going to be Karn. Let's just be honest. And you know what? I'm done with wizards making all of these Sphinx. It's time to bring the baddest tribe of black and blue flyers that you know so well back to the game. I mean, I guess there's always Innistrad. Time to get back in black. We kick things off with a mythic rare called Bloodlord of Vasgoth which should probably just be called Bloodlord of the Trade Binders. You know, the bad news about this card is that it's never going to see play. The good news about this card is... Oh, I misread my notes here. There, there really isn't any good news about this card. It's, uh, it's kind of awkward. Runescarred Demon. Yet another cute little 7 casting cost card. When this 6-6 six, six flying demon comes into play, you may Demonic Tutor. 
because having a 6-6 flying demon on your side just isn't enough to get your point across, is it? And then there's zombie infestation. Wait, what? Oh, man. This card will always have a soft spot in my heart. Back in the day, I top-aided states with an upheaval zombie infestation deck, a.k.a. Uzi. Granted, upheaval isn't around anymore, and neither is Psychotog, but you know what? I'll be keeping a close eye on this card anyway, as should all of you. Moving on to red, obviously everyone's favorite color. Obviously. You know what? You know, we're going to get to red in just a second. You know, I've got to address something right now. I'm getting a little tired of these words and terms that have somehow pervaded our everyday cool guy magic lingo. And people talking about shit being the stone blade or trying to draw into some action. Hey, they throw around the word value so much that the word actually loses value. And this whole OBV kick that everyone seems to be on. It can't just be me that feels like the person who says, obviously, after everything you say, might as well just be saying, why, you're just an asshole for talking. Obviously. Obviously. What are you, 12? Because it's just so damn obvious, right? It's just so incontestably, undeniably, unmistakably, and without any doubt, just so incredibly transparent that you shouldn't even have had to open your mouth in the first place. Well, <laughs> obviously it's not obvious because I wouldn't have asked the question or made the comment in the first friggin' place. So listen here, my clever little dipshit. Here's a ladder so you can come down off of that snarky little steed of yours. And in the future, just calmly respond to the comment or question with respect and courtesy, all the while giving Homie the benefit of the doubt that maybe, just maybe, they are not as in the know as you think that you are. <sighs> Sometimes you just gotta let stuff out that's just been building up, you know what I mean? Alright, now where were we? Ah! Red. Crimson, the color of rage. You know, I'm not a big red player, but I can't imagine why I wouldn't want four Chandra's Phoenix in any of my mono red decks. I mean, this card is pretty insane. You know, I've always been a fan of the Phoenix cards, dating back to the days of old-school counter-Phoenix, you know, using cards like Forbid and Intuition. And these fiery feathered friends come back to your hand, which isn't quite as cool as going back to the battlefield, but they're cheap to cast, and they've got haste. It's hard not to like these little birdies. And oh my, we come to Goblin Bang Chuckers. <laughs> Get in on this, okay? It's a 2-2 it's a two -two for 4 mana. Tap it, flip a coin. If you win the flip, deal 2 damage to target creature or player. But if you lose the flip, Goblin Bang Chuckers deals 2 damage to itself. This is up there as as one of the worst cards I've ever, ever seen. But, but, it, it's hands down one of the best card names I've ever heard. Bang Chuckers? Really? It sounds like a porn magazine that you'd find under your bed. Goblin Bang Chuckers, volume 14. It sounds, it sounds like someone is just so angry that in their attempts to use profanity, they speak in tongues. Like, why, you poopy, bald, weasel, biscuit, bang, chucker. 
<laughs> goblin Bane Chucker is good for one thing, though. You can sacrifice it to Goblin Grenade! Oh. Why did you bring this card back, Wizards? Another year of being asked the question, <laughs> What life are you at? <laughs> Alright, I'm done with you, Red. It's high time that we move into green. You know, I think the thing that impresses me the most so far with green is its power from a limited perspective. I mean, you got a couple of uncommons that have the potential to just win the game out of nowhere in Overrun and Lure. And Stinger Fling Spider, yet another silly name, might be one of the best anti-flying critters to come along since Cloud Thrasher. And I think they finally got it right with Primordial Hydra. I mean, this guy has the ability to just get ugly fast. I mean, is it too soon to call him Constructed Playable? Probably, but you know what? I wouldn't write this beast off completely. And I love the fact that Rampant Growth is making its return. Never should have left. And going into turn 3 with 4 mana is just the way things ought to be. Now, moving into lands and artifacts. You know, I think that it will be a while before they reboot the base set dual lands. But the thing is, if they were going to just hang on to this design for the next 8 to 10 years, then why make it a rare? You know, everyone will already have had their playset after a couple of years or so. So having them in the rare slot just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, would anyone really object to making the base set duels an uncommon? And we have a new card. Uh, it looks like a poor man's version of Academy Ruins with Buried Ruins. And definitely a reasonable card that can give you some options with your rocks. And of course you have basic land. But here's my hope. I know that it probably won't happen with M12, but if you're listening, Wizards, here's your chance to do yourself a solid. In the near future, please give us more full art basics like you did in Zendikar. Even the bad ones are pretty pimp, and it shouldn't cost you any more to print these than it would a, a normal vanilla land, and all it would do is make your players happy. Make this happen, pretty please. Alright, moving on to artifacts, I think it would be tragic if we didn't talk about Druidic Satchel. Alright, don't, don't ever try to tell me that these guys at Wizards don't smoke the herb. For those that test the green deck, it is an impossibility to look at the name of this card and not giggle. I have effects at the end of your turn. I'm going to activate Druidic Satchel, and I'm going to get myself some Oreos and peanut butter... And then I'm going to watch Dune on this here beanbag. The worm is the spice, man. And then we have Solemn Simulacrum. Oh, I cannot tell you how pleased I was to see this card return. And if you don't own any from before, just go now and pick up four right now. You will need them. You know, I, I hate telling people to go pick up your playset, but I can assure you that Solemn will go into the vast majority of decks that you're going to want to play. For four colorless, he just does what you want him to do. Get behind it. And last but certainly not least, we come to World Slayer. I got it. You ready? You have in play Aegis Angel, Thrun the Last Troll, Venser the Sojourner, and Pure Steel Paladin. Both Aegis Angel and Pure Steel Paladin are equipped with dark steel plates, and the Angel has given Venser the Sojourner indestructibility. All the while, you have four Oblivion Rings that have exiled three of your Sun Titans along with Karn the Liberated. 
So here's what you do. This play is the balls. You play World Slayer and Whisper Silk Cloak. You draw a couple of cards off a of Paladin for your trouble, you know? You free equip World Slayer to Thrun first, and then you free equip Whisper Silk Cloak to the troll, because you want him unblockable, right? Add a regeneration shield to Thrun, just for a goof. And then, you declare an attack. Barring any fog effects from your opponent, you will find yourself with a favorable board position. <laughs> World Slayer. Alright, it's about that time in the show where I lay down some community calendar and playground news brought to you by the fine young gentleman at FrontRangeMagic.com as well as the home of the immortal one, JinsPlayground.com. If you live in the Front Range area and would like to know the details on the next must-play event, be sure and swing by FrontRangeMagic.com. The M12 pre-releases are going back into the stores. No more regional pre-releases. Now, I know a lot of people love those big, huge pre-releases, but if you want any pre-release action, your best bet is to find out what your local store has planned and hit that up. And if you want those big pre-releases back, there's really only one way to do it. You've all done it before. Email wizards and tell them that you are dissatisfied. They may be high, but they still listen. On Saturday, July 23rd, PTQ Philadelphia. The fee is $25. The format is standard. The venue is Colorado's favorite venue, the American Inn. This is a Front Range Magic Player of the Year eligible event. Registration begins at 9 a.m. Play begins at 10 a.m. This will be the very first major standard event in Colorado post-bannings, so I, I suspect that this event will be pretty huge. We'll see you all there. Now, on to some playground news. You know, as some of you have probably heard, uh, the MTG Cast website was hacked, servers were brought down, just a lot of disarray. Both Tom and Chris spent a good deal of time trying to restore everything back to the way things were, and I, I want to thank both of them for putting in the time and energy to get it all back on track. The bottom line damage report is that all of the old RSS feed links are they're now dead. They're, they're no longer. All subscribers will need to resubscribe to any podcast feeds that were formerly subscribed to via MTG Cast. So, if you subscribe to my show, go you now and resubscribe. I have listed in the show notes of this very episode a YouTube tutorial that was put together by Marshall from Limited Resources on how to create a, a custom RSS feed for MTG Cast podcasts. He did a terrific job on this, and everyone should go give it a peek. And of course, if you want to see what's shaking in the bottle, be sure to hit up JinsPlayground.com. Now, there are going to be some really wicked changes and some new things happening at JinsPlayground.com. What could it be? You'll just have to go there, bookmark the site. Good things are happening in the near future, and all of you should be a part of it. I am also on Twitter... No joke, you can follow me at Almighty Jin. I make a pledge this very day to try and actually use it. If Twitter's your thing, follow my ass. And for those of you who don't know, I am currently building an army. The Jin wants you. 
and it would be just a tragedy if you missed out on all the wonderful blood and guts. How can you be a part of it, you might ask? Join the Jin's Playground Facebook fan page today. Now, listen, I, I know that some of you might be anti-social networks. You see what I did there? Yeah, see? If you're one of those guys, go join Facebook anyway, if for no other reason than to join my groovy page. We have a state-of-the-art vodka bar, and the newcomers get complimentary bottle service. Bottle service. See, see what I did there? See? Last time I checked, we were at 196 hardcore members. We are but four away from the 200 mark. It's time to soldier up. We will be launching an offensive soon. Alright, time to wrap this some bitch up. We have a couple of shout-outs. Shout-outs go out to Alex Smith and Kenny York, both are teammates and friends of mine who have qualified to compete for the National Championship crown in Indianapolis. And another teammate, Phil Dorsey, locked up an invite to Pro Tour Philadelphia. Good luck to all three of you. You each deserve it. Shout goes out to Chris Otwell and Tom Gustafson. I, you know, I know I mentioned it before. It, it's worth mentioning again. These guys do a ton of behind-the-scenes work that allow all of us to listen to magic podcasts on mtgcast.com. You know, I think I can I, I can safely speak for the magic podcasting community that their recent efforts do not go unappreciated. Cheers, guys. One last shout-out goes out to Aaron Forsyth and the movers and shakers at Watsy. I know that it wasn't an easy decision to make, but it was the right one. You gave Magic the medicine it needed, and I thank you for it. Alright, that about does it. No more left in the tank. I promise it won't be as long in between shows. Thanks for sticking with me for another round. This is the Jin signing off saying, Seize the day, boys. Make your lives extraordinary. Peace.